Greeny with Mike Greenberg, the podcast. Back and better than ever, Greeny with you, presented by Progressive Insurance. Guests on the Shell Pennzoil Performance Line. Oh, what a day we have set up for you here. Good day to be in Los Angeles. Rams win last night. Lakers won a championship three weeks ago. Dodgers could do the same tonight. Game six this evening. Will the Rays be able to turn this into a seven-game fall classic in what has been an outstanding World Series? Or do the Dodgers bring the champagne? We'll find out. An enormous announcement in sports that was made just a short time ago. I will cover that for you in about 15 minutes. And I will single-handedly solve the biggest problem the Dallas Cowboys have all by myself. It's not that complicated. It is actually something I have been espousing for years, so I will take care of that. I will solve the problems it seems Jerry Jones and no endless array of coaches are able to address. So all that and more is coming up. But we begin with last night's Monday night game. And again, if you're in L.A., you're waking up in a good mood this morning. If you're in Chicago, you are just aggravated. And trust me, I know because I'm hearing from all of them. And I'm married to one of them. And last night was the worst nightmare you could possibly have as a fan of the Chicago Bears, and here's why. Because everything you feared might be true was on full display. Is it possible this defense is good enough to carry? Is it possible this offense just hasn't gotten clicking? Is it possible that we will see just enough? No, none of it possible. It all came crashing down around you on national TV yesterday. That offense is so bad that the, re- the reality of the situation is this. The team is called the Bears, but everyone who's been saying they are actually the paper tigers have been right. And I will confess that not being as emotionally connected to it as a lot of the people that I talk to regularly are, I've tried to take the positive side. I've tried to take the positive spin on this all along, saying, no, they're going to get better. The defense is championship caliber. Foles was it's streaky. He'll get hot. At some point, this offense will start to look better. The coach is supposed to be a brilliant offensive mind. I'm not seeing a whole lot of that. I'm not seeing a whole lot of brilliant or creative offense. I'm watching two teams play last night. Sean McVay's team has got all kinds of pre-snap motion and all this window dressing. They call it eye candy in the NFL right now. That's, that's the term of the moment. All this eye candy pre-snap for the Los Angeles Rams. And you see that in the great offenses in the NFL. And the Bears are lining up. I mean, they're going to party like it's 1999. That's the same offense they used to run when Jim Harbaugh was their quarterback when I was covering them back in the day. Mike Ditka, Dave Wanstead. That's what that offense looks like. Only those teams had better players. Those teams had more offensive talent. The Bears' offense was a disaster last night. The line is no good. They only have one running back, and the wide receivers are below average. They have one good receiver. The tight end is getting older. And the offense is uncreative, and the quarterback is unspectacular. Outside of that, they're terrific. Now, the reality is that they're 5-2. And 5-2 and and puts you in prime playoff position in the NFL. And any number of good things could still happen. But last night didn't give you any obvious reason to believe they will. And then there was this little mess that they had to put out. Brian Greasy, during the telecast on Monday Night Football last night on ESPN, sharing details of a conversation he had had with Nick Foles about some of the concerns Foles has about how much time he has to throw the football. Here's what Greasy said on the air. We were talking to Nick Foles yesterday, and he said, you know, sometimes play calls come in 
and I know that I don't have time to execute that play call. And, you know, I'm the one out here getting hit. Sometimes the, the guy calling the plays, Matt Nagy, he doesn't know how much time there is back here. And so that's something that they have to get worked out. So he says that, and the entire world says, wait a minute, what? Nick Foles said that? And then after the game, Foles had to explain that, at minimum, that isn't what he meant. Here was Foles after the game. That was definitely a miscommunication with Brian and I. Um, you know, we do these pregame um, conversations the day before the game just to give them information. Um, that conversation, uh, Coach Nagy and I have a great great conversation on the, the sidelines, so there might be times where we, we go through it beforehand and say, hey, what do you think? And there's times where you got to get the ball out quick and whatnot. But um, in those situations, like Matt and I have a great relationship on the sideline with con- conversations and everything. I think, you know, in that situation with Brian, it was just a miscommunication of words because that's not what um, I was trying to uh, bring across in that conversation. Okay. So here's what I think. I believe Foles when he says that however that came out of his mouth, it isn't the way he meant it because no active NFL player, and particularly a guy like Foles, whom I know who is as far from that as you can be, would say that to a guy like Brian Greasy and not say, whatever happens, don't say this on the air. Whatever you do, don't share this. This is a 100% private conversation. This is off the record. This is on background. This is just so you know. So I believe that he didn't mean it to come out the way it sounds. But the words themselves, while they can be emphasized in any number of different directions, they look true. When you watch that team play offense last night, it certainly sounds like if Nick Foles had said exactly that, he would have been speaking the truth. So I wanted to get more details on this, and I'm delighted to bring in for the first time on this show my old friend Tom Waddle, who played for the Bears for years and was a terrific receiver back when I covered them and has now been hosting afternoons on ESPN Radio 1000 in Chicago for, what, 15 years now? A really long time and is just terrific and joins me on the Shell Penzoil Performance Line. How many years is this for you now, Tommy, in the afternoons in Chicago? It's been 15. It's been 15 years. It's amazing. Where's the time gone? I think we're both 53. Do I have your age right as well? That's, that's correct. Yeah, we're not getting any younger, buddy. Uh, and I'm just for the record, I am thrilled that you invited me. It's an honor. I just wish it was under different circumstances. Well, me too. And, and so, so let's go through it. We, we can do a little old home week stuff here because we have some time. But let's start with let's start with what we saw there. How the Bears offense, obviously, it's it just isn't good. And it's, yeah. it's bad enough that their defense isn't good enough to carry them to anything meaningful. They, they've won some games and they may win some more, but unless it gets markedly better on the offensive side, there's no way this is a team that plays with the big boys this year, even with a win over Tampa under their belt. So my question is, what you're seeing on the offensive side, is that more a personnel issue or a coaching issue? Yes. Uh, I don't mean to be glib, but the answer is it's a combination of both. I think, look, I, I think it's truly a lack of talent. If you look inside that offensive huddle, and to be honest and frank with you, there's one guy in there that I think other teams would pursue, and that's Allen Robinson. I think Allen Robinson is a blue-chip prospect. I think he's a tremendous player. I like Allen a lot. A, a lot. Everybody else, for the, you know, for the most part, is a guy, Greeny. They're not difference makers. You look at the offensive line. They've been a mess for over a year. There's no space in the running game. 
and they're equally bad protecting the quarterback. Uh, David Montgomery, to me, is a solid young running back that you really haven't been able to see what he's all about because there's been nowhere to go with him. And then you, you, you look to the coaching staff and you put the film on, and obviously the quarterback situation. I don't want to ignore the quarterback situation, but whether it's Mitch or it's Nick Foles, it, it, it's an issue here. But then you look at the film and you, and you leave yourself, especially an offensive player or a player like myself with an offensive background, and you really – you're asking yourself a ton of questions like, what are the concepts here? What are we doing here? And if you give me a second, I'll give you a play that I think summarizes the offensive problems with this team. You saw it last night. Third quarter, they're down 17-3. to Second and four on the Rams' nine-yard line. You score a touchdown, Greeny. It's a one-score game. You're in mm-hmm. this game. Sure. Matt Nagy, Matt Nagy calls a play that rolls Nick Foles, an immobile quarterback, to his left. He throws the ball to a rookie wide receiver who's double covered. And by the way, Darnell Mooney is a, a very good young player, but he's the smallest receiver on their roster. In the process, he throws a pass that is tipped and picked off. That's a throw that a nine-year veteran quarterback can't make. A rookie can't make it. It's second and forward. You throw the ball in the stands, you live for another day. That's player error. But take a step back and look at the personnel in the huddle when that play is called, Green. You've got your best receiver, Allen Robinson, split out to the right. So you're rolling away from him. And the only tight end in the play is Demetrius Harris, your third tight end. No Cole Komet and no Jimmy Graham. Jimmy Graham's a bear because he's a threat in the red zone. So you tell me, I've got a nine-year veteran quarterback making an inexcusable throw in a play design with the personnel that's implemented that makes zero sense to me. There's your problem. No, I, I hear you. And so it is a little bit of everything. I also wanted to ask you along the lines of the coaching and the offensive philosophy. Um, Greg McElroy did a really nice job on Get Up this morning talking about all of the window dressing, if you will, the eye candy that the Rams have in their offense and ways that it confuses a defense and that the Bears just have none of it. They're just sort of lining up. In, in old school football and acting like our 11 are going to beat your 11. And as you just pointed out, 10 of their 11 aren't all that good. Are you seeing the same thing? What, what is the issue yeah. as far as this lack of creativity in the offense? Well, uh, when you are limited in, in terms of the skill level, you, you've got to create space with, with motion and formation. And I'm sure that's what, what Greg is kind of talking about is, like a guy like me, if you asked me to run a 10-yard route, I had some quickness. I could shake a guy. Once I get past 10 yards, you've got to help me, man. I'm not going to beat anybody. So you help me with formation, with motion, with bunch receivers, with the play call that allows you to get open based on the concept. And I really don't see a lot of that. What I see mostly is guys being left one-on-one, and if you don't make a circus catch, you're not going to make a play at all. So – yeah, I, I don't see a lot of, of creativity. And I think McVay and what he's doing with Jared Goff is a great example. Look, I don't think Jared Goff is, is a guy you want to drop back 40 times a game and, and, and let him you know, beat you with his arm. What they're doing very well is, is that they're very balanced. Their offensive line is healthy and they're playing well and they set you up in the passing game by running the ball effectively. And our group has no interest at all in actually running the football or at the very least, you know, giving the thought that, that they're interested in running the ball. So it's a mess. It's a mess from top to bottom. Tom Waddle oh, from ESPN. It yeah, it's a mess. Uh, from, from ESPN 1000 is with me. We're presented by Progressive Insurance. While I have you, Tom, let, let me ask you about a couple of other things. So I was reading in the, the packet this morning. They sent out a packet of stories from across the country. And there was a story from Atlanta about how Matt Ryan doesn't want to be traded. And there was some talk 
that with the Falcons season having gone where it's gone, that both Ryan and Julio Jones might be on the trade block. And I don't think that he'll be traded between now and Tuesday, but I do think it's very likely he'll have a new team next year. My question to you is, do you believe the Chicago Bears are Matt Ryan away from being a contender? He would help the cause, but I don't believe that Matt solves all of your issues. I mean, Matt is, I mean, a BC guy, I love Matt to death, had a great career behind this offensive line and the coach's total reluctance in running the football. I don't think he solves all your problems. It's a definite upgrade. You'd have to tell me what it's going to cost uh, in terms of draft currency. Um, I would definitely be interested in making that upgrade. I just don't think – I think if you, you believe that that's the magic elixir that solves all your problems, yes, you're better, but there's a whole lot here that needs to be looked at and fixed. And I don't think there are many guys that can stand behind this offensive line and function at a really efficient level consistently. So, so let me then – sort of broaden the question and make it less bears centric than it is Ryan centric, because there are so many teams that think they're going to get, or fan bases at least that think they're going to get Trevor, right? Everyone is tanking for Trevor. There's only one of him. There's only one Trevor Lawrence. So there are going to be something between eight and 10 teams that will be looking to upgrade the quarterback position during this coming off season. So let me broaden the question. Is there a team in the NFL? I'm not asking for a specific one, but is there a team in the NFL that is Matt Ryan away from winning a championship? Wow. That's a, uh, that's a really good question. I have to look at the, the standings I mean, is, in the league. And- but what I mean is it's him. I'm, I'm asking you, is he a guy that in the right situation you say, okay, we've got yeah. our quarterback. He's 36 years old now. The, the numbers are what they are. We, we've seen – they just don't win games at this point. He's been super prolific. They lose in ridiculous fashion, it feels like, every single week. Do you believe that Matt Ryan can be the difference for a team that just needs a quarterback to win a championship at this stage of his life? Short term, yes. I, I mean, if you're projecting out three years, I don't think you make the trade. But if you think you've got the defense and the complementary offense, yeah, I think Matt Ryan can be that guy that takes you over the edge. But look, there's only, in my opinion, there's only a handful of guys that aren't dependent quarterbacks. And by that, I mean guys that can do it without a running game. And you look at it, I mentioned golf. Jimmy Garoppolo is another guy. There are a ton of guys in this league that succeed because they have a complementary running game. There are very few that can drop back 40 times without that help and consistently beat teams. I think Matt's at a stage in his life where he needs some help with a running game to, to complement him. But, yeah, I would put Matt Ryan in that class that if you're a team that has title aspirations in the, the here and now, yes, Matt Ryan is one of those quarterbacks that you would definitely call the, 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 the Atlanta Falcons about and see what it would take to bring him to your team on a short-term situation. I think that's going to be one to watch this coming off season. I suppose it's not impossible that it's something to watch this week, though I don't expect it. Greeny and Waddle with you. We invite you to be a part of Greeny Nation on the Dr. Pepper call-in line, ESPN Nation, presented by Dr. Pepper. It's official. College football is back, and so is your favorite Dr. Pepper-loving college football town, Fansville. Head to a store near you. Treat your inner college football fan to an ice-cold 20-ounce Dr. Pepper today. So, Tom Waddle, I, I covered teams that you played for, and I remember those offensive linemen. I remember Jay Hilgenberg, and I remember Keith Van Horn, and I remember Tom Thayer and Mark Bortz. Yep. And I can yep. tell you that if anyone had ever done to any of your quarterbacks what John Bostic did to Andy Dalton Sunday in the game between Washington and Dallas, 
there would have been an all-out brawl on the field. What was your reaction to what did and didn't happen on Sunday on that play and what it means? Oh, I think there could have been a couple of arrests, to be honest with you, <laughs> uh, because you're right. There's no chance. Like Jimbo Covert, I always say, is the best offensive lineman I ever was a teammate of and saw play and was the nicest human being, still is the nicest human being in the world. When he got on the football field, he's the last guy you would have ever wanted to mess with. And so was Mark Bortz and Jay and the guys you mentioned. If that had happened, there's no question our offensive line would have stepped in and would have let John Bostic know that that is in no way, shape, or form acceptable. And, and that kind of the, the summarizes what the – the fraternity nature of a football team is all about. Like, I, I've got your back. Um, and, and I thought it was, I, I thought it was difficult to watch. Um, it just shows you where the Dallas Cowboys are at this stage. But you have to circle back to what you said. That, that would not have been tolerated back in the day, for sure, in a, in a, in a Bears game. I've, I've rarely heard the players who appear on my TV show regularly in the mornings be as critical of anything. Yeah as they have been of the Cowboys for not sort of rising to the defense of Andy Dalton. Let me ask you one more thing, just while I have you. Um, you mentioned you and I are, are 53. We're not that much older than Tom Brady, who is 43. <laughs> and, and Marcus Spears this morning on television said he believes Brady is tracking towards being the MVP of the league. What is your perception of what Brady is doing in Tampa and how good that team is? It's remarkable. You know, count me as someone that has always said I'll be late to the Tom Brady. And at the time, the New England Patriots, I'll be late to their football funeral. These guys just always find a way. It looks like Tom is outlasting what's going on in New England right now. But I, I'm not going to lie to you, Greeny. I was one that thought maybe Tom had lost a touch. That last year, yes, he had nobody in his offensive huddle. But that deep out throw just didn't have the zip on it that it used to have on it. And we saw a couple of throws early in the season that were taken back for defensive touchdowns, and you were like, yeah, it looks like Tom may be showing his age a little bit. Well, you can throw all that out the window. I mean, he's dropping dimes on guys on a, on a, on a weekly basis. It, it's remarkable what he's doing. Uh, it just goes to show you, at, at any point, if you have an urge to doubt Tom Brady, you should see somebody for, for some help. Tom Waddle, everyone in Chicago, will hear you guys this afternoon. Give my best to Sylvie and everybody, and I'll see you soon. Thanks for jumping in. You got it. Thanks for having me, Mike. That's my old friend Tom Waddle with me on the Shell Pennzoil performance line. I, I covered him as a player. He was as tough as it gets, by the way. I've never seen anyone get hit the way Tom Waddle. So he just said it. He would catch that. He, would, he was always good for nine yards on third and eight, and then he would just get blown up, and then he would get up and go back to the huddle. All right, Greeny with you. I promised you um, a major announcement. It is certainly one that I find extremely exciting. In fact, when I say it's a major announcement, I mean that both literally and figuratively. The announcement is that this year on November 14th, ESPN's College Game Day will air live from Augusta National before the round three broadcast of the Masters. That is both very exciting and very sad for me. Um, I got to be a part of the Masters coverage for the first time last year, last April. And I can tell you that in my 30 years in sports broadcasting, I've never enjoyed an assignment more than that. And of course, I'm not going this year with all of the restrictions. And I, and I certainly understood that ahead of time. So let's not focus so much on me. And let's focus on how cool that will be. So on that Saturday, November 14th. So what are we looking at? Two weeks from Saturday, 
You will have college game day from Augusta. Then you will have round three of the Masters. And you've got that full day of college football, that huge slate that night. Oh, it's going to be as good as it gets. As good as it gets. So game day from Augusta. I think they're playing it. They're doing the show over at the par three. So that should be really special. And I will just say this out loud right now to my friends, Reese and Herbie and Pollock. And if you need someone to come down there and help out, you need someone to come keep stats, keep notes, I'm available. I will definitely be there if you need me. Okay, as we continue, one team made the perfect move today, and it could very well wind up winning them a championship. Greeny, the podcast. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. We all carry around different stressors. I do, you do, we all do. Big, small. And when we keep them bottled up, as I sometimes have had happen in the past, it can start to affect us negatively. Therapy is a safe space to get things off your chest and to figure out how to work through whatever's weighing you down. It's helpful for learning positive coping skills and how to set boundaries. It empowers you to be the best version of yourself. It isn't just for those who have experienced major trauma. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapists anytime for no additional charge. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash Greeny today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash Greeny, G-R-E-E-N-Y. For the ones who get it done, Granger offers high-quality supplies and solutions for every industry, as well as access to product specialists who have the knowledge and experience to answer your toughest questions. Plus, their commitment to being your safety partner can help you keep your facility safe and your people safer. Call clickgranger.com or just stop by. Greeny back with you on a very busy Tuesday. Bears-Rams last night. We've talked a lot about that. World Series Game 6 tonight right here on ESPN Radio. We will talk about that with Kevin Millar in just a minute. But first, I promised you a great move that was made today that could wind up deciding a championship, and that move is the official signing of Antonio Brown in Tampa Bay. And if you were listening to me here last week, I told you why this is the perfect place for him, even though we were talking then about Seattle. Antonio Brown needed to go to a place where he was and is a luxury. If he goes to a place like Baltimore, where he might become the most important part of their offense, they might become dependent on him. Antonio Brown is not someone you want to have to have. He's not someone you want to need. He's not someone you want to depend on because you never know when it might go sideways. But in Tampa, where Brady is dishing it to eight different receivers on a given day, And on any given afternoon, any one of them might wind up being the main person. They're fine without him. He's a luxury. He's the great tires on the sports car. He may make them better. If everything goes well, he should make them much better. Because as good as Evans is and as good as Godwin is, he's better. If he's what Antonio Brown has always been. But what he's not is essential. So that's what you want. If you're a team looking to sign Antonio Brown... The best ones to do it were the ones for whom he is a luxury. And in my opinion, this works out great. From a football standpoint, I think this is a great move by the Buccaneers. Very, very low risk and could wind up paying off in a big enough way that it's the difference 
between them winning a championship or not. That's what I think, and we'll talk more about it as we continue. Greeny with you, presented by Progressive Insurance. Progressive is proud to honor our veterans by donating cars to move their lives forward, especially in times of need. Learn more about their Keys to Progress program and plans for 2020 at keystoprogress.com. Dodgers fans outnumber Rays fans about 10 to 1 here. We're going to do everything we can to win game six. You still hear it for the Rays. There's something about the crack of a bat. I'm glad we have the off day, but we're jumping in the midst of play. On this day, the 16th anniversary of the 2004 Red Sox winning the World Series and ending an 86-year Boston drought, the Los Angeles Dodgers can end a markedly shorter drought, but a wait nonetheless. They can win their first title tonight since 1988. And joining us now is a member of those Red Sox. And now you can watch them with Chris Rose co-hosting MLB Network's Intentional Talk today, 5 Eastern from Globe Life Field. Here's Kevin Millar with me on the Shell Penzoil Performance Line. How have you been, Kevin? Green, how you doing, brother? You know what's funny real quick is that yeah. I think two days ago I just lost my vision. So I'm going to have to go get me a nice pair of glasses. I have these 0.5s, but I started trying to read the research. I'm like, I think it happened. I'm 49 years old. I think it's <laughs> over with, but I think I'm, I'm, I'm wearing glasses now. Yes, I, uh, I welcome to the club. I am in much the same situation when I came back on the radio about two months ago. I was trying to do these reads, and at one point I realized I can't do it. The vanity goes out the window. At some point, if you can't read, you can't do this job. So welcome to the club. You don't need to be able to see the fastball you know, perfectly anymore, but you do need to be able to read. Let, let, let's talk about what we can expect tonight. Blake Snell gets the ball for Tampa. I have to believe they feel yeah. good about their chances tonight. Give me your your expectations for tonight with Snell against Gonsolin. Yeah, let's be honest. I think this is the number one guy that they'd rather have. I mean, this is a, a Cy Young Award winner. I think a, a left-hander that's just been dominating ever since he's held a baseball in his hand. He's not afraid of any big situation. I do want to see him get lengthened in this game. I think sometimes, you know, this is the way the Rays play. It doesn't make sense, but it's sometimes too much bullpen. It would be nice to see if Blake, and I know Kevin Cash, if he can get into that sixth inning, and then that way you're only giving this bullpen 12 outs. You know, it's hard to give a bullpen 15 outs. I know this is the way they do it. But against a lineup that's so deep like the Dodgers and they can mix and match all day long, I think if they can get this lefty in the sixth inning, they're going to have a great chance. The Rays find a way to scrap. They're like little gnats. It doesn't make sense. Their lineups are all everywhere. They had the one, three, four hitter out of the game by the, by the seventh inning last game. I mean, there's just a lot of stuff moving. But lefty on the mound – gives this team the best chance to win tonight. Oh, Kevin, I'm, I'm envisioning there will be a lot of people watching the game tonight that haven't watched a lot of Rays baseball all year long, as good as Blake Snell has been for a couple of years now. So give people something to watch for early. What will be an indicator to you that he has it going tonight? As you watch him pitch in the first inning, what should fans be looking for? Pound the strike zone. Pound the strike zone. As hitters, we're trying to work a hitter's count, Green. We're trying to get in there and get a 1-0, a 2-1, a 2-0, a 3-1 count so we can buy ourselves a nice fastball. I think command of all his pitches early. I think working ahead early because what the Dodgers remind me of, just like you said 16 years ago today, the Sox Nation kind of took over that 86-year-old curse, is that the Yankees, they would just drive you nuts because every count would be 3-2, mm. and it would be a 7-8 pitch at bat. Depending on the result, it wasn't necessary. It's just they grind out of bats. That's what the Dodgers do. So it's hard to grind out of bats when you are pounding the strike zone and working ahead in the count. That's something to look forward to. Kevin Millar with me here on ESPN Radio. Speaking of the Dodgers, let's let's talk about Mookie Betts 
for a minute. Here is a guy who gets traded from Boston. He's been everything they could possibly hope for them to be, and he really had it on full display in the National League Championship Series. As you watch him, how close is he right now to being, in your opinion, the best player in baseball? Yeah, I, I, because we haven't seen Mike Trout as much as we love to see him, because this is the one sport the best player in the game doesn't can't take you to the promised land like a LeBron James or a Tom Brady. So let's not forget how good Mike Trout is. He is the best player in baseball. Mookie Betts now is the most complete maybe player in baseball. Arm strength-wise, you know, might throw better than Mike Trout. Uh, they both have tremendous instincts. They both have tremendous speed and power and do everything. So I'd say Mike Trout's there. Mookie Betts is right next to him. And you can see the dynamic that he he brings. This club's been good. The Dodgers have been good. I don't want them to be the Atlanta Braves where they've won 14 straight division titles and end up with one World Series. So this is a big game tonight. It's a big game to go out there and try to get game six. But Mookie Betts makes everybody around him better. Greeny means that he's going to steal bases, balls in the dirt, throw the right bases, hit you a home run if need be. You get the hitter's count, look out. So I just think he completes this team. And most importantly for the fans, who again will start checking in more closely now than they have been, where's the advantage tomorrow night if the Rays force a Game 7? What, if this thing winds up in a seventh game tomorrow night, what would you be thinking? Yeah, I, if, I'm, if, if I'm the Dodgers, I want to win right now because you don't want to get into a Game 7 with this scrappy little team. We were the underdogs, so I only know the underdog role. We did not come in as a mighty bad favorite when we were at this stage. So we consistently and continually kept believing in ourselves, not what everybody's talking about. Let's be honest. Looking at the Rays lineup, you know that they're the underdog. Uh, they're bullpen. You could favor them a tick. But starting pitching-wise, you know, starting from, you know, this game and and, 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 and you have Morton Bueller in game seven. I know the Rays just faced a, a, an unbelievable Walker Bueller. I don't know how you could be any better than he was. It's going to be a dogfight. But tonight is the focus 100%. Just like don't let us win a night, I would say from the Rays locker room, you better be a snipe because if we go to Game 7, I think all the pressure goes on the Dodgers. It's going to be fun. Again, Kevin Millar, you'll see him today, 5 Eastern from the ballpark on MLB Network. It's a pleasure to catch up, Kevin. Thank you so much. I'll talk to you soon. All right, brother. Good seeing you. You too. Take care. Kevin Millar. Again, 16 years to the day, the Red Sox finally snapped that curse. And again, every pitch of it is tonight here on ESPN Radio. I don't have a horse in the race. I'm rooting for a Game 7 because that would really be special. After all, I think baseball's done a great job. I think their postseason has been good. In fact, I'm, I'm going to talk a little more about that in a bigger picture sense. Let me save that thought for a moment. I will also give you a great example of someone saying something they have to say, even though they know you know it isn't true at all. Greeny, the podcast. Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply.
Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. All right, Greeny, back with you here on ESPN Radio. And we'll have Marcus Spears live in 15 minutes. Go all around the NFL. He's one of my favorites. Very quickly, I want to mention my podcast, which drops today. I do a weekly interview podcast called I'm Interested. And I never choose between the interviews because they're like your kids. You don't want to choose one over the other. And I'm so appreciative of everyone doing them. But I've been interviewing the legendary sports broadcasters this fall. And this week, I interviewed Doris Burke. And I posted a little clip. If you go to the pinned at the top of my Twitter page right now, at ESPN Greeny, you can hear a clip in which Doris got very emotional talking about the impact she's had on young sports broadcasters, particularly young female sports broadcasters. And I was really moved by it. She was very open and emotional. And we talked about her career and her life. And, of course, we talked a ton about the NBA. So if you're a fan of Doris Burke, um, you should check that out. It's called I'm Interested. And you can see it or hear it, excuse me, anywhere you get your podcasts. And then I wanted to quickly finish the thought that I uh, was having when I was talking with Kevin Millar. I really would like to applaud the people at Major League Baseball. You know, Rob Manfred, who's the commissioner of the sport, got roundly criticized after appearing on a special that I hosted on ESPN this summer in um, late June, I think it was, mid-June. My goodness, it all kind of mashes together now, whenever it was. I hosted a special where I had all the commissioners, and that was where Commissioner Manfred really, he laid out just how bad the situation was from a labor perspective, and he got criticized left and right. And I've known Rob for years. And I knew what he was doing. He was being honest with you. He thought the whole thing was in jeopardy and he wasn't hiding it. And I will be honest. I will tell you at that point, I didn't know if they would make it. And for them to have put together the season they did under the circumstances, to have gotten to the finish line as they have, to have given us what I think is going to be remembered as one of the great World Series in recent memory. And if it gets to a Game 7 tonight, one of the really great World Series of this generation certainly has a chance to be. Congratulations to them. Congratulations to Manfred and everybody there. They're an easy target. People love to say nasty things about them, and that's up to you. You say whatever you want. But they've done an awfully good job getting you from a place that I didn't know they would make it, and I, I'm not alone. I know you agree. There was real doubt they'd make it to where they've given us a pretty good fall. So congratulations to them for getting there. All right, back to the football, Bubba. Hit it. I'm sorry, what? I'm sorry. What? I'm sorry. What? I'm sorry. What? Yeah, I'm sorry. What today? Um, there are some things people say just because they know it's what they have to say, even though they know not only do they know it's not true, but they know, you know, it's not true. And exhibit A, I present Jerry Jones today, his weekly radio hit on 105.3, the fan in Dallas, when asked if there is a void of leadership on his team, the Dallas Cowboys. Here was his response. But, but seriously, seriously. Where, where do you, where would you have a leadership void? Is it an experience void? Is it a talent void? Is it a leadership void? I'm not trying to be cute here. The answer is yeah. no. The answer is yeah. no. I, I'm asking, 
there's not a, well, just shut up and let me answer. No. When I go into the locker room, there's no leadership void in my eyes. I'm sorry, what? <laughs> Again, he, kn- he knows more than well enough to know that not only is that not true, but that anyone listening to him knows it's not true, but it's what he has to say. Let's give you some straight talk here, brought to you by Straight Talk Wireless. Jerry Jones is a very smart man. It has become fashionable to suggest Jerry is a lot of things that he isn't because his team doesn't win much. But Jerry Jones is one of the smartest people in the National Football League, and he is one of those owners who completely revolutionized the sport. You can love him or hate him or fall anywhere in between those two. I'm not telling you how to feel about him. I am telling you, however, that he is a brilliant man, and he is well aware that there is a void of everything on his team. And I'm here to tell you that I believe they're going to hit the blow-up button on that situation at the end of this year. Because everyone in the National Football League is preparing for the salary cap next year to be $175 million. That's the floor. That's the basement. That's what they've all agreed to. It's the minimum. And based upon whatever it is they lose this year, I'm not going to bore you with all the details because you don't want to hear about that. But at the end of the day, the salary cap is not going to be anywhere near what they had originally projected it to be, what it would have been had we not had the pandemic. He's going to blow it up. Do not be surprised if Dak Prescott is not the quarterback of the Cowboys next year. Do not be surprised if Zeke Elliott is not on the Cowboys next year. I think he's going to blow that thing up because he's been around enough football to know what it looks like. And this isn't it. If this doesn't turn around in a way that is at this point practically unforeseeable, then I think he blows everything up. This team goes something like 4-12. and 12. I think McCarthy is out. I think they start all over. I think he does drive that truck down to Lincoln Riley's house and say, here, here's a check. You write in the amount and you come coach my team and let's build something. And they start doing that because I think that's what Jerry is going to do. So he said what he knows he has to say. But he knows that there is a void of everything on that team. And it turns out Dak Prescott was holding everything together even more than we realized. No one's value has ever been inflated more by their absence than Dax has been the last couple of weeks. That's a team that was right near the top of the NFL in practically every offensive category. They've scored 13 points in two games without him. Their offensive line didn't want to fight for the backup, and they don't look like they have any idea what they're doing or that they really care whether they figure it out or not. So I think my straight talk for you, straight talk wireless, no contract, no compromise, is Jerry can say what he knows he has to say, but he knows he needs to blow that thing up, and my prediction is he will. See what Marcus Spears thinks. He is going to join me live next. Don't miss it. Greeny on ESPN Radio. Thanks for listening to Greeny, the podcast. You can get more from Greeny live weekdays at noon Eastern on ESPN Radio and on ESPN News. And don't miss Greeny on Get Up every morning at 8 Eastern on ESPN. Greeny, the podcast.